Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Only when the tide goes out. You discover who's been swimming naked. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm awesome. I'm, I'm very hoppy. I'm drinking a, uh, a single cut from uh, Beersmiths, and it is literally just a picture of a hop with wings on it. And you, you nice. crack the beer, and it immediately wafts. Uh, yeah. Hops. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, and it's a 5%er, uh, so it's sessionable for the day. Oh, we yeah. Have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. That's true. Um, I am drinking my own beer today. Go on. I am drinking my 15th version, my 15th attempt at the same beer recipe recipe that I've been making for a year now. Called I'm calling it brunch mm. because it smells and looks like a mimosa. What are the changes uh, is, between last version and this version? Ooh. Yeah. It's like a thick – Yeah. Uh, it's a creamy, hoppy it, the beer. The look reminded me of uh, I had like a Hoe Garden unfiltered once, and it's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. Well, this is an IPA. This is a New England IPA or a juicy, hazy IPA, or whatever you want to call it, that I've been working on for a year. And um, it's just different processes, mm. you know, trying to add water chemicals at different parts of the boiling process and, and adding different hops at different times and just trying to come up with what, and what works. You meticulously document this so that like everything's documented. And do you, yep. do you rate the beer when you taste it? To yep, mm. yeah, it gets super nerdy. <laughs> yeah. I have like tasting notes. I have tasting notes written for every single. Every How single might beer, you yeah. leave a tasting note? Do you just say like really, really good, A minus? <laughs> no, I. I'll say like, oh, it's you know really bitter. I'll say like what I taste and like the and I also when I when I give it out to friends like I have a. Um, People come over and drink it and stuff. I'll remember what they said and write down you know, what they said. You should make feedback cards and make everyone fill one out on the way out because, first of all, hilarious. And then, yes. you know. Like, oh, you want to drink my beer for free? <laughs> fill out this they all feedback fe- They fill it out, That's and your- in the comments section, they just all leave eggplant emojis. <laughs> That's definitely a thing for sure. Uh, but this beer is not sessionable. It is 6.9%. Mm. So it is up there. But yeah, it's delicious. And this is my 15th batch. I have 16 also on tap that's finished. So that's next. And then I am I currently, over this weekend, brewed 17. Oh, wow. So yeah, 
I'm probably going to get to 20 before I'm like, I'll never be satisfied. <laughs> but, but anyway. So, yeah. Um, our catchphrase comes from our good friend, our best mm. friend, Mr. Warren Buffett. We're real tight. Real tight. I, I just got the phone with him the other day, and he said, I love your podcast, and I love you. I love your beard. <laughs> and next time I come over, we're doing keg stands. And I was like, <laughs> all right. All right, Warren. Uh, today we're talking about recessions. Let's just get to it because, uh, dude, I'm scared. Well, that's because you you read uh, the notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've, I mean, you've kind of been this – you've been the one saying it. Well, And mm. I'll tell you what. Wait, real quick. Steph said to me, you know, she's like, I'm really glad that Andrew's back in your life because he's just a good person to have on your side when it comes to – just money in mm. general, things like this, you know, like you are sort of like warning. I mean, this is this kind of warning is is out there. Look, we were in the biggest, longest running bull, the bull run of the entire of like in most in recent the last history. ten years have been amazing. Ever and the market has done incredibly well. Right. So it's like it's coming. Like everyone knows it's coming, but when is it coming? Mm. Is the question. Well, I could tell you right now definitively that i have no idea when it's coming okay i could i can confidently tell you that um right but right. we've done a ton of research and we have a lot of experts who who, who postulate um and we're gonna lay it all out there and it is not supposed to be to scare it is more to to galvanize you to prepare and i think that even yes. rhymes well said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well said exactly all right, so what's who's saying what? What's going on? Okay, so uh, people have been talking about a recession for a while. This is not like a new thing, mm-hmm. obviously, with a huge market dip that was perhaps just shy of uh, a bear market, or depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. in October. Um, yeah. Long story short, about 59% of economists are saying that by 2020 – we will be in uh-huh. a recession or have had a recession. Okay. Another 22% say by 2021, which essentially means that over 80% of economists think that within one to two years from now, so it could be a month, it could be two years, uh, mm-hmm. we will be in a recession. So it's coming. Yeah. And we saw a little indication of that in October. Right. And I think it is. But that's just the, that, but that, that was just the stock market. Did we see that? Because from my understanding, um, I I don't think that the that a recession is just the stock market. No, it, it down, actually right? does, so a bear market is about you know the stock market, but the the market is not the economy, and a recession is about mm-hmm. um, GDP. Uh, uh, What's so, that? I, I mean, I I know it's I know it stands for gross domestic. Yeah, product. so it is essentially the sum total of everything that is produced yeah. in a country. And so, you know, in this case, we're talking about the U.S. So when you make money in Swim University through affiliate income yeah. or someone pays less of my matters for ads or, you know, someone gets paid for services rendered, salary, these all add oh. up into the GDP. Okay, got and, it. And uh, just kind of like roll it all together. A recession is when the GDP um, declines for two quarters in a row. So nothing to do with the stock market. The stock market could even be going up, although it likely won't. But the actual amount of goods and services produced by the country 
will have been declining. Okay, so we're looking at the GDP and not the stock market. If that starts to go down, then that that really means a recession is coming. Right. And and a recession is only if it goes down for six months. Right. So so hmm. uh, or or it's it's the thing is is it's two consecutive quarters, so it could be yeah. two really really bad months that happen to span across two quarters, or six generally bad months. You know, it's kind of give or take. Okay, so what's the difference between a recession and a depression? Because I, a recession just sounds like, I mean, six months isn't that. Yeah. Bad. So so there's actually huh. wait 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 hold on in two thousand eight. Uh-huh. What what was that? Was that a depression? So it started out as a recession, but we uh, did not have positive GDP growth for over two years. So it actually became a depression. But we didn't know it was a depression oh. essentially until like 2010. We're like, oh wow, this super sucks, right? Oh, uh, okay. And so this, all right. So it was sort of a slow declining depression. It wasn't like an instant depression. It was a recession leading right, into a depression. Right, but even if it was some terrible thing, if it only happened for three months. Just a depression. And, and a tongue-in-cheek quote on this is, a recession is when your neighbor loses their job, and a depression is when you lose your job. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Um, and just to kind of like put context on this, because these are names and words that we throw around. I was born yeah. in 1984. You were born in 83? 83. So technically, since we've been alive, there have only been three recessions. But... We were kids for most of them. And so as adults who are making money, we, me and you, Matt, have only really experienced mm-hmm. one recession, one. Yeah. actually recession, depression combo. Yeah. And I lost my job. <laughs> yeah. You lost things. and it, Like I lost my job on in December of 2008. So rather quickly. Like, we can't afford to keep you here. Yep. So that was to me a depression because I lost my job, not my neighbor. Exactly. So right. your depression okay. started sooner than the technical term. <laughs> Almost instantly. <laughs> Just like, they were like, depression for men. Um, and so I, I think that we don't have as much experience in this as I guess the kind of gist sure. of it. So I want to cover some bases, talk about what people have been talking about, you know, what might yeah. be happening, and then how different yeah. people – whether you're young, middle-aged, old, super old, Matt's age, how to, how to handle mm-hmm. it. Which is so, yeah. somewhere in there. Uh, I, I have a question. I don't know if this is relevant or not. But yesterday, uh, it was you know January, whatever, early January, and we were walking down Pearl Street, which is our like shopping mall, like cool bars and coffee shops and whatever, to go co-working. And I went to my favorite co-working location, which is a coffee shop called The mm-hmm. Cup, and we found out that it was shut down. Really? Yeah, which was literally depressing. I, I was we we walked in because the guy was still there. He's like, "Yeah, we're just giving out free coffee, but we we're we're done." Wow. And I was like, "Oh my!" And I was like, kind of like it was super sad. And then we were walking down the street, and we just noticed like all of these shops closed up, like all mm-hmm. of them. And then we went online later, and we found out that like the rent had gone up by twenty percent because because of taxes and people couldn't afford it. Same and, thing is happening in Hoboken. But, Our main strip, so much is okay. closing, and. I we speculate it's rent. Like people are It's rent. Right. But is that related to like is something should I be worried about that? I feel like that's like a lot of shops are closing. Is it just like the nature of business or is that some sort of, you know, 
sign of... I think there's like two ways to look at it because um, there are businesses that just didn't have a good business plan. They never got approached. They didn't do the math. So they went into business because, look, this is... And they weren't prepared for the shitty days. This is the rent in in Boulder or Hoboken for a ground floor Mm -hmm. main area place and you just didn't calculate it. And then perhaps another way to look at it is that they did do the math, but the, the purchase volume was just much lower than expected. Um, Or maybe they were doing fine and it's dropped. And and what often happens is the spending recedes before we notice, you know. Yeah. It's just, it, it, and that's what they said. It said they said a lack of foot traffic Mm. um, was part of it, plus the rent and stuff. But uh, I'm just wondering, I saw so many happen, and you're seeing so many happen, you know, I guess it's is it is it a sign? You know, it could be, and and it could even be tied to the the core crux of the episode, which is debt. Um, mm. Because often these like store owners they they have to take on debt to renovate the inside of the place, um, which, maybe yeah. cover the rent, pay employees, and mm-hmm. a year or two ago, debt was like I mean it was like basically free. It was like nothing percent mm-hmm. and. It has been climbing up. Um, the, the rates have been increasing. And so it could have been that they were able to handle the load before. And there was a turning point, and they, they can't anymore. Maybe not all that different right. from mortgages back in 2008. People were able to afford right. it when there were no payments. <laughs> so we're in a site. So we're we're at the top end of the roller coaster. We're about to go. You know what I mean? Is that is that right? Like we're about to peak as we're coming down because it's it's it goes in cycles. Yeah, so it definitely does. Um, it's like up and down all the time. So my uh, hero and spirit animal Ray Dalio, um, and, and we've talked about mm-hmm. him many times. Love that video. Uh, so he has this video called the Economic Machine, uh, and and if you are interested in how the economy works, understanding just. Yeah, macro right. Long term yeah. debt cycle, short term, just how it all kind of comes together. It's a thirty minute animated video. Um, he he does the voiceover on it. Mind blowing. Best yeah. thirty minutes you'll ever spend. This yeah. guy was he predicted two thousand eight. Da da da. Runs the biggest hedge fund in the world, and a, and in February of twenty eighteen, he said that we were about two years away from recession. He or so he believes. Okay. That was about yeah. a year ago, which would mean mm-hmm. that he is speculating end of 2019, 2020, yeah. that we will be in a recession, roughly corresponding with a lot of other smart econ- economist-type people. Okay. So, uh, a recession <laughs> in this case. They're saying, the word re- they're saying the word recession, which means that your neighbor's going to lose mm-hmm. their job. Right, so uh, you could also be someone's neighbor. A... <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, and we're and you said in the beginning of this episode that we're not trying to strike fear into anyone right now. We don't want you panicking. We don't want you pulling out uh, money from whatever. This is why we're calling we it talk the fire about... drill because well, okay. you know October was a scare. You know, perhaps bring a bit of yep. reality. We. Are, things are fine right now, and if we start sure. preparing and thinking about how things might fail in our own personal finances, uh, mm-hmm. if bad things do happen, maybe they don't have to be end of times for us. They could be inconvenient. 
Okay. Uh, in your perspective, is there anything that I can do or you can do as a general consumer with an internet connection to look out – what to look out for um, as far as like are we kind of going on the downslope? Because you said the stock market is not the mm. economy, right? So I'll look at Betterman, I'll look at stocks or whatever, and or I'll hear I hear about like, oh, the stock market tanked today, and then I hear the next day it's like it went up by a thousand points, the highest Dow Jones ever, and I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean? So, so I have something. But what should I really I, be looking? I, at? I have an interesting anecdote for this because I don't okay. think that there really is anything that you can look at, and if okay. you try to predict it, you're going to predict it wrong. And so there's this mm. gr- chart um, that we're going to include in the show notes. Uh, and I, I encourage you to take a look, but basically it has like the top, I think about 14 quarters that had the worst performance, like, um, September, 2002, the, that quarter, the market lost 17.3%. And then mm-hmm. there are columns, the performance a year afterwards, three years, five years. And what tends to be the case is after a terrible quarter, the market does really, really good. It rebounds. Right, really strong. And so people that yeah. see this indication of poor performance and act on it Buy. are actually right. the ones that are screwed. Because the only way you wouldn't be screwed is if you took the action before it happens. Afterward, it's, sure. it's too late. So we're not going to try and predict. We're going to try and make decisions going forward that will uh, be better for us, help us weather a storm. All right. Let's do mm-hmm. that. Let's take a break first. Uh, okay, no. Unless you want to oh, Okay, so I want to talk say. about the debt problem a little bit. All right. Okay, tell okay. me about it. So um, at the turn of the century, in like 2000, uh, the world uh-huh. had about $84 trillion in debt. It's like a lot of debt, right? But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah, the it world, like so, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. The whole world, whole not world. just the U.S. So you as – Who's that debt to? <laughs> it, it's to everyone, <laughs> right? The okay. go- governments, businesses, households. Sure. And, All right. So it's just debt to each other. Right. And then uh, – It's not like just like one guy on a pyramid. Like, <laughs> you owe me $84 trillion. Yeah, that's, that's Warren Buffett. Everyone is basically that's owes That's Warren him. Buffett up there, yeah. Um, okay. And uh, at 2008, at the peak, right before everything toppled, mm-hmm. uh, the world had $173 trillion in debt. Um, and now obviously okay. there's growth in there. Like the, the world – G- world's GDP grows, so it is not mm. as terrible as it sounds, but it was certainly a lot, and it was certainly terrible, and we didn't just have a recession. Yeah. We had a depression as a result. In 2008. Right. Now, we're about 10 years later, um, mm-hmm. and you know, you'd think that a lot of this would kind of have reduced itself and we would learn lessons, but actually, uh, we're at about $250 trillion in debt right now. Oh my God, that doubled very fast. <laughs> so, so it's about forty-four percent higher. But if you account for GDP growth, like it can't be that bad. It's twenty-eight percent higher. And so, right now, global debt is twenty-eight percent worse than it was at the last time. It was the worst ever. Fuck. <laughs> but um, it's not. Uh, it's not financial institutions. You know, like J.P. Morgan Chase okay. or whatever, they're in better shape than they've ever been. The lowest amounts of debt. Okay. Um, it's you know, and households like you and me have generally reduced mm-hmm. our debt over time, and so you know, okay. more people aren't getting mortgages, so they can't you know, 
Right. Yeah. I, oh, I do know that. I've, he- I've heard it from my dad. I've heard it from people who are in the real estate industry. Like, no one's buying houses yeah. right now. Um, oh, it's, it's a terrible time for, for real estate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So about half of it is the result of governments kind of, um, you know, investing stimulus, essentially. But the yeah. cool thing with governments is that they can just let, I mean, they can't just print money, but they can certainly print money and. Well, the Fed. Right. Can, or, or and, Which is actually not a government organization. Correct. But, you know, and all of the related ones in, in you know, the EU uh-huh. and China, um, typically stimulus is debt that was just created. Um, mm. The other half. You know, roughly, uh, it's about twenty-eight trillion, so not thirty. And I think this is where the problem is. It came from businesses. So if Swim University took on debt, oh my business! I, I mean, all the businesses, you know, in in the okay. world, like small or like I'm, I'm thinking the medium big, the and, big and large. Right. You know, businesses okay, are taking medium. out debt to buy their own stock. They're just taking out debt to mm. whatever. Um, yeah, those buybacks, man. Yeah, and and so, um, Ray, Ray Dalio, my, my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. so uh, we're about ten or so years away from the last crisis, and in two thousand eight, you know, we were about eight or so years from that one in the short term debt cycle, yeah. as you'd learn in the video from Ray. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. like five to eight years that happens, mm-hmm. and then the long term mm-hmm. debt cycle. Massive deleveraging is about 50 to 75 years, every 50 to 75 years. Okay. Um, and so he believes that we're at the end of, we're getting very close to the end of the long-term debt cycle. Um, oh. That would essentially resolve this $250 trillion in debt, which obviously something needs to happen to it. You know, right. just what what happens is as debt accumulates, there are debt payments, and there becomes a time when growth is slower than the growth of the payments of the debt, and then obviously that that's like the the tipping point. Um, I, I'm trying to keep up with you here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. So what does that mean? All of that. What does that all mean for me, man? I want to know what it means for little Maddie Maddie G so, over here. Um. It means that that this will probably be resolving itself soon, and it, and it'll be different than what we've seen before. You know, no one really knows what it'll be. We could postulate about it, but but I think yeah. the general consensus is that it is coming soon, mm-hmm. and so we should prepare. And uh, now we could take a break. Now that everyone is All severely right. depressed, I need a yeah. break. Yeah. And yeah. we're gonna come back, and we're going to uh, talk about how we can mitigate this for ourselves and, and me, you and, and you specifically. specifically. Yes. Oh, thank <laughs> you. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, man. Tell me how I can recession proof myself. So first things for, you want to huh? start, you want to start with just, yeah, me? We'll, we'll start with you. Um, <laughs> so uh, first of all, you you shouldn't take any knee jerk reactions. So I know you have money in betterment. You have money in other things. Yep. These are decisions that you made long ago, and there were good decisions when you made them. Leave them. Yep. Okay. Well, hold on. I decided recently to just have betterment control my allocations instead of me just setting it mm-hmm. manually. Because I used to have it set in my brokerage account to ninety ten, and same with my mm-hmm. IRA. 
And I was like, you know what? Let me, I'm not an expert. I don't have data. Let me let Betterment do that. And I let them automatically, you know, shift the allocations for me. Is that, is you think that's a good yeah, idea? Sure. Right. I mean, okay. I would certainly get on board with them knowing better than you and having more information than you. Sure. And yeah. It's not your job. I don't want it to be my that's job. Why, that's why you've hired them, essentially. Good. So, all right. So, I'm not touching the ad. Right. You know, but okay. going forward, you may mm-hmm. take a more conservative approach, you know, um, and, and obviously handled by Betterment's allocation. Um, mm-hmm. You are in your mid-30s. Yep. Thank too you. Late, too late for Dead 40s. middle. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. So, so I broke this down by like 15 year increments. So like three main okay. categories. And so we'll talk about you first because you're in the middle. Then we'll talk about okay. the youngins, and then we'll talk about yep the oldins. <laughs> um, so so you're in your mid career, and yeah. if I had to just you know lick my t- my lick my finger, stick it in the air, I would I would. <laughs> Postulate that you have an overinflated lifestyle. Eh, Last yeah. ten years have been good. This is this is kind of yeah. a of our age type thing. Um, yeah. So that I think is your biggest risk is you're you're living perhaps beyond my means, or even if you're living within your means, if your if your means were to drastically change, that would yeah. be a very difficult thing. And then you certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't be prepared. So the easiest way to prepare is to right-size things a bit, spend less, yeah. and you could start to mm-hmm. develop a cash hoard. Okay. So uh, I have I have absolutely started doing that. Good. And then, like, do it more. <laughs> okay. I am trying my – I'm trying as hard and as fast as so, possible. So you should be ruthlessly uh, efficient with your expenses, I think. Yep. Um. In business and yeah, personal? I mean that's all your it's all, all right, your money because I've been super ruth I've been super ruthless with my business and uh, probably equally as ruthless with my personal life. It's like over this that was like the first thing I did in January. Good. Over this yeah. year, Alyssa my Myers has like made a little bit less money and less money because I've been focusing on other things, but we've been mm-hmm. taking more because I've just been cutting like cut 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 yeah um yeah so so one ruthlessly expenses. Uh, I think that um, you should still be investing, but there are investments that you can make that are uh, less risky. Um, and for example, for, uh, so bonds or something like Betterment okay. Smart Saver will earn you money yep. while you can perhaps sit and wait. And the thing is, because you're in this like middle tier, you know, uh, you still have a long ways left in your career. You sure. have enough time to take advantage of awesome opportunities. And so if, say, you saved money by reducing your expenses, put it in something yep. like Betterman Smart Saver, mm-hmm. when the other shoe drops and things look terrible, right. you, you – Yep, get super low. Right. You can buy things that make sense and you'll have enough time, mm-hmm. 15 years or more, more than 15 years for you, to grow. Um yeah. And take advantage. And the next bull market. Right. Cool. So it would be like investing in 2008. Like a whole lump sum right. of money. Um, yeah. Look where you would be right now. Exactly. 
And so right. one one more thing that doesn't necessarily apply to you, but I think it is super important, is right now that like we have the lowest unemployment we've had in a very long time. You know, and there's a ton of work to be done at companies, and just the nature of, of how it is, there there tend to be these voids, like work that needs to be done, but no one's doing them. And you know, often they'll be mm-hmm. collected together, and you'll hire someone as someone in their mid career. You should be filling those voids, making yourself indispensable, and and perhaps going across disciplines. Like you maybe were hired to do this one thing. You should learn something right, else. Because you have been yeah. working for a while, you are experienced, you know, and while mm-hmm. you may not work the hours of someone in their early career, you are more efficient and you are you have more experience, right. so you should put yourself in a position now that you would not be one of the ones laid off yeah. should it come to that. Make your job recession-proof, basically. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, base, yeah. So become indispensable. Mm-hmm. That's mm. good advice. Can we talk about our millennial friends? And I know that uh, I am technically <laughs> a millennial, but, like, at the fucking tail end, I'm more of a, uh, what they call a zenial. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will, well, yeah, let's talk All about right. them. So... Um, the biggest risk for for these people, and and this has been an unfortunate theme through their lives, uh, job loss. Yes. First, they couldn't get a job. Now they finally got right. a job, but they are now, now the least experienced people You're in the right. company. First come, first in, first right. out. And so, yeah, that happened to me in two thousand eight because I, I, yeah, I was the young. So remember how it felt then. And so, you know, mm-hmm. same things to the mid-career people can apply, you know, filling voids and trying to make yourself indispensable. But uh, I think there's a few uh, other ways to look at it. So we have a year, maybe two years, and you might not have been working at your job long. Perhaps now is a time to move to a place that will respect you or that you could grow in or, or that you can do better in. I'll be honest. I think we have a year. Mm. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be waiting until two. I wouldn't be wait. I wouldn't be taking this year off and going. Oh, well, I got another year. This is it. Oh, I don't mean take a year off. Two thousand nineteen. I mean, oh, okay. So you think it's in twenty nineteen? Oh, I think in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think this is the year, or or, or like very early two thousand or twenty twenty. It's my gut. I, I I have a super gut feeling that April is going to be something. It's tax season. That's what it's going to be. So so maybe oh, that yeah. will be it. <laughs> Everyone will be like, they won't maybe. be able to pay their taxes. Um, I think that you either are, as a millennial, you're at a place mm-hmm. in a company that you can grow it and they respect you and then you can bust your ass yeah. and try your hardest to perhaps fill a more mid-career type view. with you know, um, sure. Or... Just be more right, indispensable. Jump, jump to another place. But I think now more than ever, you need to take control of your income and look to build other income streams and, and perhaps not look to build this super long-term business You know that will pay off in three years, but maybe something that is more uh, smells more like a side hustle and can bring in money now. Um, hmm. You know... Uh, Monopoly came out with an edition called the Mille- Mon- Monopoly for Millennials. <laughs> and you can actually do side hustles. Really? In it, and you can earn experience points. That's yeah, it's awesome. super weird. 
It's it's like the first the first square like Baltic Avenue is like your parents' basement. You buy your <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty like cutthroat to millennials, but mm. yeah. Anyway, you can do side hustles. You can have like cards that you pull for like earning money on your side hustle. It's provided your parents give yeah. you a good deal on their basement. I just hate the word side hustle. Yeah. You know, look like side side job. Yeah, like side business. You know how to write? We. We we yeah. uh, we pay writers. Freelance. You you pay writers. If you knew how to, if you yeah. know how to design, there are people who need designers. Um, yep. Don't rely on one source of income. Super dangerous. VAs, assistant, being just a uh, virtual assistant. Yeah. There's a lot of money in that. I mean, I desperately need help. That is a story for another time. But yeah. uh, and I, I think one other thing. And take that cash too, and like and and hoard it basically for an oppor- in an opportunity fund. Right. So so if you listen okay. to the uh, personal finance blueprint two point episode we did, I don't know five or yeah. so ago, we talked. To- yeah, I've been following that by the way. Like yeah. T. Awesome. Totally. Got an opportunity fund. Got an emergency fund. Got my IRA. Got Dude, my brokerage. You're gonna be on top of got- the world when everyone else is crying. <laughs> I'm on top of the world. Uh- yeah. We talk about working capital, which is like, you know, should you lose your job or whatever. It's not your emergency yeah. fund. It's the money you keep in cash to cover your expenses. We talk about it mm-hmm. being three, maybe six months worth. And as yeah, a millennial, right. you should look to move that to like six to nine months um, because the the reality is you're, you're definitely going to be affected maybe more than most. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. If you aggressively save all this money – Right. And and let's say a recession doesn't happen or it's not that mm-hmm. bad. Uh, you have a ton of fucking cash. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing there's no downside. Right? Either you're prepared or oh shit, I got a ton of cash and maybe it's an opportunity when the recession's low, but you didn't l- lose your job. You can start pumping that money into buying cheap ass, you know, stocks or whatever or bonds or whatever. And I th- I think that's the thing is that there could really be no bad that that comes out of it. There's no, there's no bad from, from, from hoarding cash. Mm. There's just no bad. Look, you're big. Besides, you can't go out and, um, you know, have fancy dinners. True. Or if or there are any restaurants sh- open in, in the uh, apocalypse. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> uh, they're not open in our street. That, fucking closing. And I don't know if you remember when you were young. I mean, it was so long ago. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm super old. I don't remember. But it. during that time, uh, yeah. you built your business. That is now like your mm-hmm. life. Uh, oh, that's right. I did do and, that. And now yeah. I remember. And so, and like, I look back at these things I did, and I can't even imagine that I did these things mm. because when you're young, you just could like, you don't have to sleep as much. I don't know. You have a work ethic. If if you're yep. a millennial, like, now is your time to take advantage of that work ethic yeah. because totally. you can't when you're 30. You just you need to sleep more. <laughs> All right. Well, what about when you're 50 or 60 or Getting close to retired. So um, the good news is that you've been hopefully – I mean if you're planning to retire or retired, you have saved a ton of money. And so um, you you won't be – Maybe. Right, maybe. Um, hopefully. You won't be immediately affected. You know What will essentially happen is like as you draw down your retirement, um, if you have a smaller amount, it becomes a bigger percentage. So it will maybe – shrink the length of your retirement but it's not like a fire drill for you you know it's not some urgent thing um but you could start to do things so that like uh you can invest in things like real estate 
or Fundrise or the Dividend Aristocrats that will bring in income because – You're saying do that now? I mean they, they – Before the re- – Yeah. So Before well, the recession. Okay. So um, if you look at something you, – you'll, you'll never know like what will happen, right? Like if, if your yeah, rental properties right. will have tenants or, or whatever. Sure. Which mine do right. not. And, you know, uh, we – well, because you bought yours at the peak. Um, yeah. This this could be the peak. I don't know. But, you know, I wouldn't even right. say, like, the date matters. I literally built mm-hmm. a financial model calculator at simplewealth.co. There's a free trial built into their go plug. It, it'll tell you if, if your rental property is profitable. Anyways, that is not the only way to do it. Bonds pay interest um you should basically look to perhaps generate money um maybe convert some of your hobbies into gentle businesses that match your lifestyle um and if you haven't retired and for whatever reason you get offered a package to leave take take that take shit. It? yeah why <laughs> because getting paid to leave is far better than getting fired or laid off Fair enough. But if you can collect unemployment, that's also getting paid to leave, right? Yeah. I mean, unemployment's not that great. All right. Well, what else can I do? Is there anything else? Um, I I think, uh, you know, obviously reducing expenses as well. Um, yeah, I guess an overall, like for all of us, no matter the mm-hmm. age. What are the core things that we should be doing? I mean, it sounds like you're right. The first thing you mentioned, ruthlessly cutting expenses. Set up like a weekly budget. Monthly is too long of a period of time. You know. You know, I heard mm. something. Uh, it was a quote. It was in a book I read recently. And it was, if you have a lot of money, you don't need to budget. That's bullshit. Yeah, you don't like no, that? No, because... I love that. <laughs> it's like I have so much money that I don't need to budget. I, I, what my point, I guess I, I mean that in a very positive thing because it's like if you are ruthlessly saving and you have low expenses, then, then there's a lot of things that you can do with your money that you don't have to worry about. Are you going to be able to make your next you know, meal or your next uh, I, credit I card payment? Because, so if you have not mm-hmm. a dollar to your name, you literally have nothing to lose. You have nothing. So what what do you what could you possibly sure. lose? And as time progresses and you accumulate wealth and then and then you you, you know, lose. you have this like nice place and you're on your twentieth batch of a beer called brunch. Right. Um yep. you might have quite a bit to lose. And so But not if you have a huge buffer. Right. You know, it's like it's if you have a huge buffer. It would be of cash, more painful for you saying. to lose something than for some for you to Totally. Your fall will hurt more. Understood. But if I have a large sum of cash that acts as a buffer for when I do get punched, you know, like financially mm. punched, at least I'll be able to absorb it. Exactly. And I will lose a lot of cash, but I may not lose a lifestyle. Right. Is sort of the point of And that. perhaps and you can be revising your lifestyle a little bit. I, I 100% agree. I think uh, I've in 2019, I've been very adamant about cutting my personal and my business expenses to the bone. I mean, I, 
if it ain't if I, if I don't need it or it's not making me money or it's not bringing me joy or happiness like I'm fucking selling that mm. shit because I have I have shit in this house that I'm just selling while they're still buyers you know? for yeah while they're still buyers yeah we just sold a uh, an entertainment center last night on Craigslist it's like mm. get it out you know we already had an entertainment center we just put the TV somewhere else on something that already existed now we made 25 bucks not a huge it's not going to go towards a, a retirement fund or whatever but this idea that like we're just like ruthlessly cutting expenses while remaining uh, happy and not like deteriorating our lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Uh, and it's really just about. I mean, like, there's that show on Netflix which I haven't watched, but Steph watched it and said, eh, "It's all right." Uh, it's like that the that the joy of tidying up or whatever that book is that's really mm-hmm. popular. Um, she has a show on Netflix now where they go into people's houses and they like basically like rearrange all their shit and make them. And sell a lot of their stuff and watch that show. I mean, it's, I heard it's not great reality television, but it's still probably pretty helpful. And that book is like number one bestseller. And you can just ruthlessly cut down on what you have. You know, you can live that minimalist lifestyle, and and you and, don't have to save. You don't have to do without the things that you love. But you, no, I, we'd all be lying to ourselves. It wasn't a ton of expenses that we had. That weren't necessities or things that we even really loved. It was just, or or use all the time. Like they're just things that I just don't use every day, and it's like, well, why am I paying for that every single month? Let me just pay for it the months that so I need it. A trick that that Laura and I have used a couple times, and and for various reasons, is you quote unquote lose your credit card. You call your credit card company. Yeah, right. I lost. I lost oh, my card. Yes. So they have to give you a new number. And to send you a new yep. card. Kind of a pain in the ass. You have to log into Netflix or whatever and add it back in. Sure. But all of these. But it cancels all the All the barnacles you... and whatever. And sometimes you just might mm-hmm. not sign up for things. Actually, we wanted to cancel uh, our, I think we had like, it was Shutterfly or Shutterstock. And Something. They, yeah. you can't cancel online. You have to call them. It's like $29 a Fuck month. That. And I, I actually did. I called them. And the lady said that. We had six months or whatever left on the thing, and that she can't cancel it because you know we agreed to this. And I, Bullshit. and I was like, you know, I was hoping I already made the call. I was hoping that was it. So then I hung up and called the credit card company and told them I lost the card. And it turns out my contract with Shutterstock was over right after that call. Oof. Yep. Gyms, dude. That's a great way to get out of gyms. Yep. You don't owe them anything. Excellent. No. No. Um, yeah. I. That's what I would say it, it, that if I learned anything from this, it's like ruthlessly cut expenses, hoard cash. There's nothing bad to come out of it. Continue to make your investments. And strengthen your, you're your doing. work situation, your income situation. Yeah. Okay. Right. Don't there make knee jerk reactions. Yeah. Solidify yeah. yourself in your job place. What do we do? I'm building new things and businesses like my pants are on fire. Um, yeah. Laura and I, we have been hoarding cash. And yeah. I, I don't know that's, when that's what and did. what will happen. Uh, and hopefully it's a six-month recession or freaking one yeah. quarter, three-month recession. That'd mm. be great. Just a nice little correction. Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. But if it's any longer than that, we want to be but right. again – we're, nothing bad is happening now. We're just we're just preparing. Nope. There you go. Anything else you want to say before we go? 
We'll we'll talk about something lighter next week. <laughs> Good. Well, cheers to the future. If you missed anything, we have everything in the show notes, of course. Either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. I'm going to have to do that every single time to make sure I get that right. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts, and please tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. I highly recommend you point them to this fucking episode. <laughs> Do it. All right. I didn't mean to When we'll have much, all these graphs in the show notes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it'll be great. Oh, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> Links to everything. If you have any questions, if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of this show or this show in general, please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Andrew, Yo. here's to 2019. Tighten in the belt. Let's hoard some. Let's tighten the belt. Let's hoard some cash, and let's recession-proof the shit out of ourselves. On board. Cheers. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 